Welcome to the Road to Life Church podcast. Here with our pastor, Micah Shepline, you will be inspired through the Word of God. For more information, please visit roadtolifechurch.com. We want to thank you guys, too, for giving during this season. Uh, you know, for a lot of us, obviously, we know we haven't been in person, uh, but they're going to throw up a different ways that you can give. And we really believe that faithfulness is tied to being faithful as a giver. So if you're somebody who you're saying, you know, I'm faithful, I follow the Lord, you know, then that faithfulness should, should be merited in all aspects of our life. So with that, I want to encourage you, um, you know, there's multiple ways that we give. If, if you call Road to Life Church home, if you're a member here, um, partner with us in what the Lord's doing. We do not have a St. Joe view. We don't have a Berrien County view. We do not have just a Michigan view or a Midwest view. We partner with ministries and missionaries all over the world. Um, so when you partner with us here, you, you partner with the kingdom reality for, for all of the world because we don't believe, okay, we're Christians. Let's make sure that we do our little small corner. No, we're Christians and we want to change the world. Can I get a hallelujah? Okay, a couple hallelujahs. Anyway, uh, actually, too, if you want to throw up, there's another thing, too, in the back. There's a black, uh, little gray box over there um, where if you want to drop... Uh, you're giving in that as well, you can. Um, but like I said, website, RTLC app, text GIVE, 269-924-0909, mail or drop off a check in the front office. Um, if you want to shift over to our, our text system slide. So here's the deal. If you're somebody and you're looking for kind of ways to get involved or you're looking for kind of things to be a part of, and I'm buying time where they get this slide up there. <laughs> but uh, if you're looking, for, you're looking for things to do or you're wondering about updates, you can use the word connect. There it is. Last one line um, for the latest news and updates. So obviously we all know through Corona, right, that you would, um, you'd wake up and you'd have an understanding of what COVID looked like uh, for what you thought was maybe a week or two. And then by the afternoon that changed. Right here at the church, I remember going into a few meetings with, with the pastoral team, and we'd, we'd hammer in and digest like two or three work, weeks worth of what we felt like was going to happen. And by the afternoon, it was all gone. So we want to encourage you, if you want to stay up to date and connected with kind of what's going on and what we're doing here, text the keyword connect. If you're somebody and you're a guest here and you're wondering kind of what we're about or who we are, text guest to 269-924-09 uh, if you want to give once again. There's so many different ways, but the thing is, is we have a lot of different services, a lot of different people that come through here, and we always want to make sure that you feel seen, you feel known, and you feel loved. So if you want to use that database, we would love for you to do that. Uh, with that, I'm going to pray. We're going to get into the message. So, God, we thank you for today. God, I pray that we feel challenged and we feel stirred with this message and, and really the word that you want to speak. Father, I pray that in our minds right now we would maybe be able to hit pause for just a second. God, that we would be able to tune into you and the relevance that you have on today's world. You're not a 2,000-year-old book and, and man that lived a long time ago that doesn't make sense for today, but you are real and you are relevant just as much now as when you were flesh and blood on this earth. So God, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. So what I want to do is I want to talk about something and I'm titling it, Don't Be a Martha, right? Everybody say, Don't Be a Martha on three. One, two, three. Don't be a Martha. Okay, good participation points. All right. So don't be a Martha. Now, here's the thing for me, right? You know, I grew up and I've heard the story of Martha and Mary so many times, right? And we're going to read it in a second. But what I didn't know is that Martha was actually mentioned in conjunction with Mary multiple times throughout Scripture. And I kind of just failed to connect the dots. 
Now, what I mean by that is that I would ultimately, you know, the, throughout the past few weeks, I, I kept kind of stumbling upon in the Gospels different mentions of Mary and Martha and kind of how their overall relationship and journey a lot of the times was intertwined. Now, here's the thing, though. What I want to focus on today is the aspect of Martha's life, which I think is very pertinent for now, okay? Martha had the belief systems. She knew the scriptures. You're going to see, actually, I'm going to break it down. She knew who Jesus was. She was a decent, she was a decent lady. She was a good Christian woman. I'm going to say that. Good Christian woman. Now, here's the thing, though. The behavior, so she had the beliefs, she had the inner disposition, she had what it took, but the, but the belief system on the inside is a little bit where she missed the mark. And really, not the belief system on the inside, I would venture to say the belief system that shaped the behavior system is where there was a little bit of a disconnect. See, Mary, her story is she ultimate, and, and I said this during the first service, I would say that Mary's example of following Jesus, she set a better example than most of his disciples did. Because what you see is that Mary would listen to Jesus and say, I am going to take and do everything that you said. Where a lot of the times the disciples, they would be like, yeah, we heard what you said, Jesus, but it wasn't what we wanted you to say. How many of us have a relationship with the Lord like that? It's like, God, I want to hear you. Okay, you spoke. I didn't like it. I'm going to ask you to rephrase that. All right? But, but here's the thing. Martha kind of had this relationship where she, she knew what God said, knew what God did, but the behavioral aspects of what she was called to do was a little bit of a disconnect. Now, here's the thing. She made the grade, but she didn't necessarily have the behavior attached to the grade. Now, I have a great example of this. My mom's been cleaning out an office upstairs, and it's funny because she's been cleaning out this office, and every time she finds something that is nostalgic of me as a child, she always texts it to me with the phrase, remember when you were kind? I, I, I'm dead serious. In the past week, I've texted my mom four times. Do you not think I'm a nice person anymore? She goes, no, you are. It's just different. Yeah, because I'm not nine. <laughs> I'm like, doesn't she's not in here now. So, um, but, but literally, she keeps texting me all of these homemade cards I made from like nine to age like 12, right? Bad spelling. I brought one of them. I texted, she texted me this week. It was me. I was like, making a list of everything I was grateful for. And then I said at the very end, I said, love you so much, Mom. I wish you didn't make broccoli or spinach. <laughs> right? Still to this day, I could do without those things. Anyway, but one thing that she sent me was an old report card. And, and this report card was great because it reminded me that at one point I was smart. But there was a little note attached. I want to throw it up on the screen. Don't worry. I'm going to lay it all bare for you today. Okay, pause. This is sixth grade. I got an A, A minus, A, A, B plus, A minus, A. Yo, let's go. My parents used to give us five bucks for every A. You count the A's. One, two, three, four, five, six. 30 bucks. <laughs> right? Man, I was like, got 30 bucks. That might have been three million to me back then, sixth grade. Like, I'm going to get a new set of rollerblades. What? People are, like, dating myself anyways. Uh, but here's the deal. Look at the note. A3 in citizenship kept Micah off the honor roll. Now, do you think I got that 30 bucks? <laughs> I can't remember if I did or didn't, but I'm, I'm going to bet my house that I didn't. Uh, but anyway, here's the deal. A three. Now, here's what you have to realize is that in school... In school, they, they used to grade your behavior. 
And so a three in citizenship meant that I, I like to talk, distract, and maybe take away from the lesson that was being taught, right? Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just bring this into a real Christian context. I had all of the grades to make the honor roll, but I didn't have the behavior, right? I learned all of the stuff, but I wasn't acting out how it should have been, how an honor roll student should have been. Now, like I said, I'm going to bring this a Christian route. Today in our world, I think a lot of the times people have branded Christianity and faith as this, as this thing that, you know, they have all of these beliefs, but we're missing it on some of the behaviors. What I mean, I, what I'm saying is this, right? We have all of the, we can know all the scripture. We can know all of the stuff. We could have been raised in the church, but the behavior of following Jesus, loving our neighbor, seeking his face, being with him, focusing on our relationship with him, right? The behavior aspect, right? We can have all the stuff to make the kingdom on a roll. But then all of a sudden the Lord's like, yeah, but the behavior isn't there for me to truly show you as an example. And I want to encourage you. I think even the definition of Christian, most of us are examples of people of faith, are only those in vocational ministry, those who are on platforms or are paid to full-time be pastors. That's not how it's supposed to be. That's never how it was intended to be. It was intended to be for all of us to be a universal example of what it meant to follow Jesus and embody his belief system. Where did we go wrong? Where do we go wrong? So what I want to do is I want to talk about not being a Martha. Don't be a Martha. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about the three different stories that you find Mary and Martha connected in. Now, many of us have probably heard these stories, and these stories are all good stories. But what I'm doing today is I'm not focusing on, we're going to talk about Jesus' actions in these stories. But what we're actually going to do is we're going to break down Mary and Martha's roles within these stories. Right? Because a lot of us, it's easy to focus on Jesus 100%, but I think there's a lot of clues in Mary and Martha's lives that are very pertinent to how we live today. Is that okay, church? I'm going to ask that again. Is that okay, church? I like when people talk back. So, anyway, now each one of these stories, I've kind of given my own personal title. The first one is the good portion and the busy portion. Now, Many of us know this story. It's not super long, so I'm just going to read it. It's just four verses. Luke 10, 38 through 42. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed her into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which cannot be taken away from her. The good portion. Now, I want to add some context to this story. What do I mean by that, right? Martha, here's the deal. Back then, some of us, we read these stories, we're like, oh, you know, Mary, you were doing a good job. Martha, bad job. Mary, thumbs up. Martha, thumbs down, you know. But what's funny about this story, though, is because Martha, if you think about it, had a lot of good reasons. I mean, if you know anything about Jesus, he grew up in the Middle East, right? Jesus grew up in the Middle East. It's warm, very warm there. So, and he walks everywhere. So I guarantee Martha, Jesus is walking in the 100 degree heat, gets to the house, and Martha goes, okay, we got to have some cold beverages. 
We need to have some food for him. We got to make sure he can get, you know, done up because we know this is the son of God. We need to make sure that he, we got the servants here with the leaf fans, you know. Anybody know what those are? Nope. Okay. Uh, we got to make sure that he's taken care of, right? So she's like, okay, I got to get the rolls in the oven. I got to get the towels warm over here. I got to make sure I get double ice cubes in his water. I got to, Mary, what you, like, you know, she turns around just like, Mary, what are you doing? Now, I know this, right? When we had guests over when I was young, the day, literally the hours before they got here, my mom was like, hey, there's weeds. Hey, pick up your rooms. Hey, you know. Because when the guests were there, you needed to be focused on the guests. Now, what we can probably ascertain from the scripture is that Jesus maybe showed up a little bit ahead of schedule. So Martha's a little bit buzzing around because Martha strikes me as a pretty planned and organized person. She's buzzing around, and Mary's looking, and she's just dropping the ball, just sitting there, and everything's not done. And what does Jesus do? I love Jesus' wording because a lot of us miss this wording. Jesus looks and goes, she's chosen the good portion. You ever, right, if I walked up to Grace and we were talking and I walked away and said, man, that was a good portion. People would be like, what? Like, who calls a conversation a good portion? But think about it. Martha's focusing on the portion. Mary's focusing on the good portion. See, Martha's focusing on the necessities. But remember what Jesus said? He, sh he said, she's chose what's necessary, the good portion. He's almost redefining what's important to Martha right in front of her. You think this is necessary? This is necessary. You think this is the portion I want? This is the good portion. Man, how many of us we just go through? I, I feel like this is so hard for a lot of us where we just go through life and it's just bing, bong, bing, 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 bing. And all of a sudden we get to the end of the day and we're wondering why we feel empty. And it's because we never had a good portion throughout the whole thing. See, this is what Jesus is doing with Mary. He's look, or with Martha, he's looking at her and he's saying, you're doing all the things that you think are necessary but aren't necessary. You're doing all the things that you think are a good portion but they're not a good portion. Let's slow down a little. And naturally, Mary gets brownie points. Next story. And then this one's this one I'm titling, Yo, Lazarus, good thing Mary's around. Okay, that's what I'm titling this one. John 11, 20 through verse 27. So when Martha had heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Okay, right? Remember the last story? Mary sitting at Jesus' feet. Now we got Mary sitting in the house again. Mary's sitting, not really doing anything while Martha's running out to meet Jesus. All right, it says this. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Context. Lazarus, one of Jesus' good friends, has passed away. Jesus couldn't get there for a few days. So he's in a tomb now, enclosed, you know, pretty much not, pretty much rotting in there. And Jesus rolls up and she's like, yo, you weren't around. You missed the funeral. If you would have been here, things would have been different. I wish you were here. Then it says this, verse 22, but even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. This is a good place to start. So she walks up to Jesus, and she has no idea that his intention is, is to heal. So she goes, whatever you asked of God, right, you can get it. And how many of us know, okay, Jesus is like, okay, I like that faith. Pause. Let's actually read what happens. Then Jesus said, your brother will rise again. Okay, if I'm Martha, I'm like, all right, Jesus is here. He can do anything. He hears from God. My brother is going to be fine. He's going to walk up to the tomb and just, boom, move over, rock, 
sprinkle some potpourri in there because it's stanky and be like, get out here, Lazarus. Like, let's go. Lazarus is like, okay, I'm alive. Yeah. Right. No, but then, and this is what happens, right? Martha's like, Jesus, Jesus, if you would have been here, he's fine. I am here now. He's going to live. Listen to Martha's response. Verse 24, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus probably backpedaling the sun like, whoa, I thought you believed I was going to do it right now. I thought you, were, you believed I was a God who could do anything. I thought you believed that I was a God who was going to walk up to that tomb and call Lazarus out. Hold on, you're talking about the last day. Oh, you're talking about the prophecy about when God comes back and raises all of the saints up and brings them into heaven. Oh, no, I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about right here, right now. But Martha's not getting this point. Good thing Mary's around, right? I'm going to jump to John 11, 28 through verse 35. So Martha and Jesus are having this conversation where she's like, yeah, I know you can do it, but you're not really going to do it right now. I know you're there, but, you know, you're a little late. I know you have the power, but that power's probably going to be on the last day, not really right now. Then it says this, Martha, or this is in John 11, 28 through verse 35. When she said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and is calling for you. Now listen to this. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. I want to pause. This is kind of going to be a moment for my super spiritual people. Right? I think a lot of the times what we do is we say, okay, I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm waiting for a word. I'm waiting for confirmation. And, and what Mary does in the first story is great. She sits and she gets the good portion. But in the second story, that good portion, she acted out. She ran towards it. And man, I think a lot of the times what happens is we wait for everything to drop into our lap. And, and the Lord's like, why don't you just run after loving your neighbor? Why don't you just love, run after just being with me? We want God to almost do everything instead of us rising up and running right to him. Running to the place that we know he's at. Running to the place where he knows we know he'll meet us. Running to the place where we know he'll get our, he, he'll get our attention. See, these are the things that Mary's doing. She, she looks and she says, okay, now he's, he's summoning me. He's ready for me. He's going to listen to me. And listen to her wording because she says the exact same thing as Martha. But notice what happens with Jesus. It says this. Verse 30. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Martha said the same thing. She said the same thing. And now Mary's saying, listen. If you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Now listen to what Jesus says right here. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved, his spirit greatly troubled, and he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. And then Jesus wept. And the Jews said, look at how he loved him. Pause. What happens later is Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, but I'm focusing on the emotion of the moment. Martha says, hey, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Jesus goes, okay. Mary says, hey, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Jesus weeps. What's the difference? 
What is it that within Mary arose such an emotional response from Jesus? You want to know something about scripture is that Jesus heals two times and it says that the crowds were astonished. One of them, Jesus healed a man that he was astonished at his faith. The second one, Jesus doesn't heal anybody because he's astonished at the Jews' unbelief. And the only other one where there's either astonishment or emotional response from Jesus is right here. This is the only time, see, when you want to get an emotional response where it chronicles Jesus was absolutely blown away or weeping and broken before a healing or a resurrection, you're looking at some very, that's a slim list. And Mary said the exact same thing as Martha. What's the difference? See, there was something about her inner DNA, her character, her heart, and her passion that compelled God to move. Is there something about your life, about your faith, about your walk that compels God to move on your behalf? Because that's what close proximity and relationship does. That's what it does. When God is so in tune with you, there was a really good restaurant last night. There's a really good restaurant me and Grace were trying to go to. And, and turns out they were closed early, but we thought the line was busy. And we called 12 times on her phone, and then we thought her phone might have been broke. So we called another 10 times on mine. Now, when I'm calling 22 times, you better know that food's good. You better know that food is good. 22 times to call. How many times has God called us and we don't have his attention? And he's looking and saying, man, I want to call you because I've created something so great for your life that I would love to see you respond to, but we're too busy with necessities. Too busy with what we think will complete our lives. Too busy with what we think matters. Too busy with what we think will amount to significance. Man, how many times has God looked down and said, man, if you could answer me any day. Martha's sitting here saying all of the right things, but not moving the heart of God. I pray that we are not Christians who we say all the right things. But when we cry out to God, it's only for fire insurance and 911s. Because I'm telling you this, and the pastoral team and anybody who's been on staff here for a long period of time, man, we get a lot of... We get a lot of requests. We get a lot of people who need help. We get a lot of people who are crying out to the Lord. But what we see a lot of the times is when there is a relationship intact, a certainty, a trust, and a faithfulness to commit to, God, whatever your timing is, I am steadfast in it. Whatever it looks like, I am committed to your process, and I trust you'll get me through. God can do it. It's just how long are you willing to wait? See, Mary said the same thing as Martha, but that heart was a little bit different. The last story, I'm calling it Mary getting famous and Martha cooking again. Many of you guys maybe know this story, right? The woman shows up, breaks a vase at the feet of Jesus, and when she breaks the vase, washes his hair with her feet, right, there at dinner. Now, I love Christians, right? We read this and we're like, oh, great story. It's like, let's put ourselves in that story. You're eating at your favorite restaurant. Somebody walks in with a super expensive bottle of just like Gucci perfume, breaks it on the floor, and just starts wiping their hair on somebody's feet. You would not be like, oh, this is cool. Like, oh, this is a great story. I wonder what's going on. You'd be like, yo, this is weird. Right? So Jesus is like getting his feet washed with hair and Gucci. And, and literally the, everybody's sitting there like, 
what is going on? But actually before, right before she does this, I want you to focus on where Martha's at. John 12, 1 through verse 3. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. They gave a dinner for him there. Martha served. And the disciples were reclining with him at the table. So Martha is serving. But Mary is serving. What do I mean by this? In different gospels, actually, what it says is that the disciples looked at Jesus and they're like, yo, do you know how expensive that perfume was? That woman just broke and is washing his feet. Are you kidding me? You could have sold that and got, got all kinds of awesome stuff. You could have sold that and been totally taken care of. You could have sold that and, and we would have given all this stuff to the poor. And you know what Jesus said? Everywhere the gospel is preached, this woman will be remembered. Everywhere the gospel is preached, this sacrifice will be talked about. That's an interesting thing. Now, Martha's serving, but Mary's serving God's heart. What do I mean by this, right? God is so blown away by her sacrifice that he says this will never be forgotten. Is God blown away by the sacrifice of your life? By the sacrifice of your faith? by the sacrifice for your neighbors. Because that's what gets God's attention and that's what God says, I'll remember. I pray he's remembering us, church. How to be a Mary when you're wired like a Martha. Three quick things. Here's the thing, in our culture today, we are wired like Martha's. I'm just going to throw this out there. Many of you guys have been sitting here and just thinking about the things you got to do this afternoon, the things that happened last week, the things that are happening this week, and just running through the list over and over and over. Why? Because we come into environments and we're wired to get things done, to produce. So to be present in an environment without a production-based mindset is countercultural. That's a Martha right there. How to be merry when you're wired like a Martha. The first one, Mary learned to be still. Martha only knew one speed. See, one time, Jesus literally, the focus of the first story is Martha, be with me. Two stories later, she's doing the same thing. She only knows one thing. He needs this, he needs this, they need this, we need this, how they need that, we need that, we got to do this, we got to do that, we got to. She only knows one speed. Get it all done. You know what God's speed is? Just be with me. I'll produce for you. Just be with me. I'll fight on your behalf. That one's in scripture. Just be with me. I'm a, I'll take care of the rest. I'm going to actually fall asleep in the boat while you guys fight the storm. And until you wake me up, then I'll take care of it. But, man, there are so many times in scripture that God just is consistently reminding us that his speed and our speed are not the same speed. They're not. And the speed of production will crush our souls. The speed of what you need to do and how fast you need to get it done. And I mean, I know the weight that young people feel of just, what am I going to do with my life? How am I going to do it? Where am I going to go? How am I going to live? Who am I going to marry? What am I? And that's not even to mention the, the generational gaps of, okay, well, I got kids now. And how do we do the sports? And how do we do this? And how do I do the job? And how do I focus on the marriage? And, how do, and the speed can just absolutely... 
destroy you if you allow it to. See, Martha missed the very meaning of who Jesus was because the speed of her life didn't allow her to stop. I pray the speed of our lives doesn't allow us to miss the appointment that we have with the Father that can restore, that can recharge, that can replenish, that can revitalize our lives. The good portion is usually found when we're able to stop and get still from looking for other portions. Man, some of us, we've been looking for all the other portions, forgetting that there's only one good one. We've been focused on all the things that we need to survive, not actually what we need to be alive. See, you can survive all day long, but if you're not truly living, then what are you doing? The second one, Martha knew what to say to Jesus. Mary knew what moved Jesus. We can say all the scripture. We can sing all the songs. We can go to all the groups. We can post all the things. We can do all. But man, if our, if our true DNA and action does not emulate the character of Jesus what it looks like to be a disciple of Jesus, what it means to be a follower of Jesus, what it means to love our neighbor. What are we doing? You know, some of us, I don't, I don't we try to prepare messages here that aren't just for these hyper-saved people, but whether this is your first, first time or your 10 millionth time, I think all of us can be challenged within the fact that there are so many things that can steal our attention. There are so many people who need our time or who are reaching out. But man, the one person who can replenish, who can, who can help, who can revitalize is Jesus. And whether you want to agree with that now or find out in the future, I don't care. We're still going to be here. We're still going to love you through it. But I pray that revelation comes sooner rather than later. Martha did what was needed. Mary did. She did what was needed for Jesus. You want to know something actually about that sacrifice briefly? You know, when she broke that bottle, a lot of us, when we think of perfume, we think of like this spray bottle, right? When I think of like, you know, when you're in middle school, it's just a straight wave of Axe body spray, right? When you get a little bit older, it's maybe a little bit nicer. It's like a spray, 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 spray. Or if you're Griffin, still Axe body spray, right? No, okay. Oh, but... I love Griffin. Oh, but like spray, spray. I got a couple sprays. But back then, this perfume that they're talking about, this was thousands of years ago. They hadn't invented spray toppers. They hadn't invented screw-on and off lids. When Mary broke this, that, that was actually widely assumed to be her dowry, which would mean that on her wedding night, when her and her husband were, were beginning to be intimate, she would take that and break the jar as a sacrifice saying, all I am is yours. <coughs> so when, she, when Mary <coughs> walks up to Jesus and she, she can't unscrew that top, she can't spray a little bit. She can only take the most valuable thing that is hers and break it at his feet and say, this is all I got and I'm giving it all to you. You know, in that moment, Hours later, Jesus is sweating blood. He's so anxious. And the next day, he's being beaten. He's being absolutely crushed. His body crushed. And within two days, hung on a cross. Now, what you may not know is that 
he looks at his disciples and he says, he says, she's preparing my body for burial. And it's widely assumed that the power and the potency of this perfume, as they were nailing the nails into his feet, that they could smell the perfume coming off of his feet. See, what she was doing is she was looking at Jesus and saying, I know you're about to sacrifice your life for me. I know you're going to absolutely go through the most unbearable thing, but I will sacrifice my greatest thing to show you that it's worth it. I'll sacrifice my most valuable. I'll sacrifice the thing that means the most to me to show you it is worth it what you're going through because it's for relationship with all of us. See, Mary was on a different wavelength. Martha's feeding his body not knowing he's going to be gouged, scourged, beaten, stripped bare, the skin off of his back. And Mary's looking and saying, I need to show you what you're going to do matters. She's not worried about feeding him. She's worried about giving him what he needs to get through what he's going to go through. And the only thing she could give is the greatest possession she had. I pray that when we look at God, we don't look and say, God, I'm going to give you a couple sprays of my life. Crack open the lid, pour a little bit out. But we say, Father, I'll break everything because I know what you went through and I know what you want for me. That's what the gospel is. It's all or it's nothing. In a world wired to be like Martha, I pray that we remember that God hears and responds to the hearts of Mary's. And no matter how many times or how many things or how much you have to do, don't forget what you're doing and why you're doing it. Don't forget who you're doing it for because if it's for yourself, it's going to end up empty at some point. If it's for just to have things and live a superficial life, you're not going to be remembered. All of us are born into this world wanting to make a difference and be remembered for what we've done. Mary is. But man, was it unconventional. Man, was it different. But if you ask her today if it was worth it, I guarantee she'd say yes. Let's all stand to our feet. You know, as we sing this last song, as we sing this last song, I want to encourage a lot of us. Um, you know, there's a passage of scripture that I think is so easy for us to forget. Nick, it's okay. I love you. I think we, it's so easy for us to forget some very important passages. And this is one that I think is very pertinent to now. Be still and know that I am God. So here's the deal. I know I mentioned this earlier. If you're somebody who you've just, maybe this is new for you or maybe it's just new for all of us because we haven't been here in three months. <laughs> but you're sitting here and you're running through your mind all the things you need to do, all the pressures and all the anxieties, all the necessities, all of the worries, all of the, all of the stuff. And you're just consistently, and it's almost like you can't even be present. Let's be present right now for just a few minutes. And what I mean by that is we're gonna sing a song out and I just want you to just kind of open up your heart and say, Father, I'm being still right now. I'm being open right now. I'm here right now if you want to speak to me.
because that's where a lot of this starts. Let's all say this together. Father, I'm still and I'm open. Speak to me. I'm here to listen and to be with you. I choose to be a Mary 